You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Devard and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. So today is a solo episode where I am going to be giving you unconventional beauty advice, tips, tricks, hacks, things that you may not know about skincare, hair care, little things you can do to make your beauty experience better. These are things that I feel like are not often talked about. For example, anytime you hear skincare advice, what do you hear all the time? Drink water, wear sunscreen, get sleep. Great. I think we all know that at this point. What are the little tiny tips and tricks and hacks that are going to help you just bring your beauty experience to the next level? So I narrowed it down to 23 little beauty tips and hacks that have worked for me, things that I've done personally and have changed my approach to beauty. You all are beauty experts. A lot of you that listen to this like know all of the things, but I bet there's going to be one or two things on this list that will even be new for you. So without further ado, let's get into it. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly when it comes to style and luxury ebay gets it they're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts not just any experts specialized experts real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience so when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee shop with confidence Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Okay, tip number one, I absolutely love this. Now, you know I'm a fragrance girl. I love wearing all of my fragrances, but I also love when a room smells great. Now, we all have candles, and really nice candles, I hate to say it, like they tend to just be expensive, right? Because you want a candle that really lasts. You want a candle that fills the room with scent. But this is an incredible hack for getting a room to smell fragrant. You can put a dab of perfume, your favorite fragrance, think about what that is, what you would like your room to smell like, and you actually put a dab of that perfume on a light bulb for a lamp, do it while 
the light bulb is off, right? You don't want to do this while the light bulb is on. That could lead to an explosion and we can't have that happening here. You don't want your light bulb to break, but on a once the lamp is turned off, put a dab of your favorite fragrance on that light bulb. And then once you turn it back on, it is going to diffuse the scent into the room. It's really, really a beautiful hack. I love this. Sometimes I even do this in hotel rooms when I want my room to smell really nice. You can also put cotton balls dipped in perfume on that metal part of the lampshade holder to diffuse the scent. But this is good even if you have like a perfume that you feel like it's kind of like losing some of its sillage or you're not wearing it so much day to day but you do like the smell this is a great way to use those scents into making any room feel fragrant and again make sure that the light bulb is cold when you put the fragrance on but again heat diffuses fragrance so i absolutely love this tip i've been doing it with the tom ford lost cherry fragrance that i really like and sometimes day to day i feel like it's a bit on the sweet side but i love the way it makes my room smell and i'll just do it on the lamp that's on my bedside table before i go to sleep it's really really nice and speaking of my bedside table, let's get into tip number two. Now we have all been in the scenario where we buy a product, something that we have very high hopes for, a moisturizer that we think is just going to transform our skin into like dewy, glowing goddesses, and it's just not it. Maybe it makes our skin kind of tingle or itch, or it just feels kind of like greasy, like it leaves like a filmy layer, or we just, there's something about it that makes you not reach for it. And it not, it doesn't have to be something dramatic, right? Like it caused you to like have a horrible breakout, right? In that case, you just like throw it out immediately. But I have had over the years products that I was like excited about and I thought they were going to be great. Or maybe even a brand has sent them to me, a moisturizer. And I've just been like... I actually don't love this product. And what I used to do is I let I would let it kind of clutter my actual beauty cabinet where I do keep my everyday products. If you know the episode on clearing your beauty clutter with closet expert organizer, home expert organizer, and my good friend Caroline Solomon, definitely go back and listen to that episode because I do think it's a game changer. I will link to it in the show notes. But having products that you don't use regularly, just kind of taking up space and creating clutter in your beauty cabinet is not good. Like it just doesn't lead to like a nice getting ready experience, whether that's in the morning or at night when you're just having your self-care time. So what do we do with these moisturizers that we're just not feeling but haven't caused a horrible breakout? I keep them in my bedside table. I rotate them. They go by quickly and I use them all as foot cream. So at night before I go to sleep, I will take a moisturizer that I'm no longer loving and I will slather it all over my feet with a pair of socks and use it as foot cream. Pretty much, I've literally never used anything that's irritated my feet. There have been several products that I've tried on my skin that just haven't felt great, but as a foot cream, they're totally fine. And just extra points for keeping your feet moisturized at night with socks. If you wanna go hardcore and do like a really beautiful deep foot treatment, you can wrap. So make sure your feet are clean first, then put on the moisturizer then wrap in saran wrap, just saran wrap from your kitchen, and then put a sock over. When you wake up the next morning, your feet will be so, so super soft. I have done this with so many moisturizers that weren't serving my face, but have been lovely for my feet. This also applies for hand cream. Again, your hands, it's unlikely that your hands are going to have a bad reaction to something that your face didn't love, but a super easy way to keep your hands moisturized and just save money on buying another hand cream. I'm sure there's a moisturizer that you're not using that you can repurpose. 
Tip number three is all about how to lighten darkness under your arms. And this is something that I've sort of put two and two together after speaking to several people, one of them being Sheena, who is the founder of Kosas Cosmetics, which we know and love. Um, They have the Kosas Sport, which is an antiperspirant that also lightens under your arms. But there's a core ingredient that you can actually use and integrate into your kind of body care routine, which is glycolic acid. Yes, glycolic acid under your arms, like in your armpit area, if you have darkness there, can help to lighten that area very safely and effectively over time. Glycolic acid is a chemical exfoliant, and obviously you don't really exfoliate under your underarms often, but you can, right? If you have a body scrub or something in the shower, you can definitely exfoliate under your underarms, but over time, that glycolic acid will basically help to lighten under your arms. Glycolic acid also helps to break down bacteria. So you can use a glycolic acid toner. I think the Ordinary has one. It's a 7% glycolic acid toning solution. You can use that under your underarms. Now, I personally, when I do this, and I do have darkness under my underarms, it's not something I'm like especially focused on and like, oh, I need to lighten under my underarms. But I have tried this and I have seen improvement over time. But I do the glycolic toner and then I follow up with my Donna Karen Cadbury Mist deodorant. You all know I've tried a million natural deodorants. It's just, it's not in the cards for me. But this is something that has, dermatologists will also tell you that this is a fact. Glycolic acid toner on your underarms. It helps with odor. It helps with ingrown hairs and it does brighten your skin. Some people use glycolic acid to replace their deodorant. Again, I am not there. Bolden, which is a Black-owned company, also makes a beautiful glycolic acid toner that you can use under your underarm. And again, if you deal with hyperpigmentation as a result of ingrown hairs, or you just basically want to exfoliate the dead layer of skin on your underarms over time, glycolic acid is great for this. You can do it with a cotton pad. You can do it with a paper towel, anything that you want to do. But this is a great tip and hack that's pretty inexpensive and definitely yields results. Okay, tip four is all about lip care. Now, there are all of these fancy lip exfoliating kits, lip scrubbing masks. I see a lot of stuff being marketed. I have four years, and I'm proud to say that my lips are very rarely chapped. As we head into fall and winter, this is a great tip. I use my toothbrush not every day, but very often before I brush my teeth, obviously use a clean toothbrush to exfoliate my lips. I just go back and forth. I make sure my lips are damp before. I make sure the toothbrush is damp and I just very ever so slightly exfoliate my lips to get any dead skin off with my toothbrush. You can also do this with a washcloth. Another thing that I love, you all know people market these lip scrub kits, which is essentially just an exfoliant with an oil. You can let's say you're traveling and the hotel has like sugar packets or you're just, you know, you've got sugar at home. Take a little bit of sugar and your favorite lip balm, or you could use olive oil and just kind of mash it between your lips back and forth and exfoliate your lips. I think lip exfoliation is one of those things that you kind of have to remember to do. And it's like, you don't want to wait for your lips to get dry to do it. But I just have become so used to just using my toothbrush to gently exfoliate my lips and keep them soft and supple. So that's a free beauty tip for you all to integrate into your routine. And I, you know, 
I, I love the idea of a lip kit and I get it, right? Sometimes you just like to have like the cute looking stuff. And a lot of what we do for self-care is just about enjoying the experience. But if you're just like, I just want to get to the end result of soft lips and I don't want to buy a whole bunch of other stuff, try using your toothbrush, try using sugar at home, mix that with, again, your favorite lip balm or an olive oil and your lips will be so soft and thank you. Tip number five is for everyone that has found themselves traveling at a hotel and you've had to wash your hair at the hotel, which is like insert horror music here. That can be very scary because hotel shampoos and conditioners are notoriously dry. So one of the things that I do if I am caught in the situation is I call downstairs. It helps if you're already ordering room service so they don't like charge you for the delivery fee and all of that stuff or you can if you're staying in a city you can pop to like a local grocery store but I usually just call downstairs to room service because I realize this like panicked in the middle of the night as I'm going to wash my hair and just ask for olive oil very simple plain olive oil extra virgin olive oil whatever olive oil you have and add that into the conditioner at the hotel to make it more moisturizing and more of a hair conditioning mask. It's a game changer. Also, if you have a conditioner that's just like not that good, you can add oil to it. I think I've talked very recently on the podcast about how I add oil to everything, body washes, hair masks. It just makes everything pretty much more luxurious. Everyone has olive oil available. If you want to go fancy, you can add avocado oil. There's so many different things you can add. But if I am traveling and I need to wash my hair and I have not packed, it's hard to pack shampoo and conditioner, right? Because of travel sizes, I will call downstairs and be like, can I have like two sides of olive oil? And it helps because I'm usually ordering dinner, but I'll be like, can I have some olive oil on the side? And I swear it really works. Now, the other olive oil slash oil hack that I'm going to give you is eye makeup remover. I used to constantly buy these. They were from Almay. I can see the box clearly. It was like a round cylindrical plastic tube, not great for the environment. And they were filled with these kind of very oily, pre-oiled eye makeup remover pads. I use them all the time to remove my eye makeup um, and they were effective. But then I just realized that basically it's oil removes eye makeup. So I have, you know, ages and ages and ages ago switched over to just using plain cold pressed oil to remove my eye makeup. You can use olive oil, you can use avocado oil, you can use jojoba oil. I always just like to recommend olive oil because I feel like it's readily available and it's not price prohibitive. The other oil that I really like to remove eye makeup is grapeseed oil. If you want to just be extra on top of it, you can travel with like a small little container of oil with you. But I love oil with a cotton pad. If you want to be extra sustainable and good for the environment, one of the products that I love is Paula's Choice has these little reusable round pads that you can use to remove eye makeup and then you just basically when you're done with them pop them in this kind of mesh washable bag they have and then you can wash those in your regular wash cycle but olive oil any oil that removes makeup is so much better than buying a pre-packaged you know oil eye makeup remover thing those are just kind of wasteful you're paying a lot for the packaging and you can get your makeup removed just as effectively with your own oil okay Tip number six, I think a lot of you know this one, but this is one of those things that I kind of like forget to do. And every time I do it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is lovely. I should do it more. Just putting a few essential oil droplets in your shower, just on the floor of your shower. And as your as the kind of hot water from the shower is hitting the floor, it creates this very nice perfumed fragrant steam. 
I also like to choose my essential oil based on what I need. So if I'm doing this at night before bed, I'll do some lavender. We all know lavender is very calming and soothing. The other thing that I do in the morning is if I really need to wake up, I'll do like a little blend of lemon and grapefruit essential oil. I find that citruses really kind of wake me up and put a pep in my step. Now, peppermint, like, oof, I stay away from all peppermint things while I am in the nude because as we all know, peppermint near your private parts can be, it can sting, it can be brutal. I learned that the hard way after using the Dr. Bronner's peppermint soap, which a lot of people love. They're like kind of Castile soap. Um, And I love that product as well. But the peppermint is not a friend to your nether regions. So I don't do peppermint, but I'm sure if you put it in the shower as an essential oil steam, it would be fine. But I love lavender, rose, grapefruit, citrus oils. All of those are beautiful. You can blend a few. And again, just a few little drops on the floor of your shower. It also just helps to make your shower smell great. That is a great tip that I often forget about. But every time I do it, I'm like, ooh, this just feels like an upgraded spa experience. And in terms of where I buy my essential oils, I love Mountain Rose Herbs. I think they just make really high quality essential oils no affiliation with them. I feel like it's very hard sometimes to trust essential oil sales and pitches on that you see on the internet because so many of them are like these weird MLM like pyramid scheme type things where people are getting kickbacks. And so essential oils, oftentimes the benefits of essential oils are often exaggerated. I've seen some really kind of like disturbing things online where people are saying that it can cure chronic illness. And maybe that's someone else's truth. Um, I like essential oils for aromatherapy purposes. And I do mix some essential oils in skincare. Maybe I can do a whole separate podcast on uh, the kind of DIY stuff I've been doing lately. But I like Mountain Rose Herbs. I think they make great quality cold pressed essential oils. Any local health food store should have good essential oils as well. And Whole Foods also has great essential oils. Okay, tip number seven, melted shea butter is one of the best things you can add for a hair mask. So when I lived in London, I went to Charlotte Mensa's salon in Notting Hill. I don't know if she's still in Notting Hill, but I know she's still definitely doing hair. This is what now? gosh, seven, eight years ago, I lived in London. So it's been a very long time. But she every single time I would go to the salon, she would give me this gorgeous hair mask. And I think she actually makes products now that you can buy. But I know that one of the essential ingredients to the hair mask was shea butter. You can buy pure raw shea butter, melted down. I do like adding in a carrier oil. If you want to use the double boiling method, that may just be like a little advanced for people, but you can melt it down You can mix in another oil and then just add that into a conditioner and make a deep conditioning hair mask with that. I promise you, your hair will be so soft and feel so good. I have tried a million hair masks. I have tried like the most expensive hair masks on the market. And I promise you, the melted shea butter hair mask feels better than like any product I've ever purchased. You have to be good about rinsing it out and make sure again that you are melting it entirely because you don't want to get chunks of shea butter in your hair, but it just works. Try it and thank me later. Okay. Tip number eight is also in the hair care realm. Who knows about the Affigy two-step protein treatment? This is something that I've been using for years, especially in between protective styles. And it really helps for anyone that has hair that is 
damaged from hair dye, damaged from heat styling, or just needs a little bit of extra TLC. Protein treatments, of course, strengthen the hair. If you have really dry hair, you have to be very careful about doing too many protein treatments and make sure that you're always following a protein treatment with a deep conditioning treatment. But the Athogy two-step protein system is incredible. I will say it is very smelly and messy and it's not fun to do. I have tried so many times to make like a little real video for you guys showing you on Instagram how I do this treatment and every single time I'm like, you know what, between these gloves and the way this product smells and keeping my phone set up and the way it dries, it's just too much. Definitely go on YouTube, go on the website, read the instructions for how to do it. But it's basically like you put in this kind of like you wash your hair, then you put in this protein treatment, then you have to have it dry completely. You have it dry with like a blow dryer. Um, and then your hair is going to get very stiff and hard. Like it's almost going to feel immobile, like very, very hard. Then you jump in the shower and then you rinse that out. But you'll notice results pretty immediately for all of my listeners with kind of very like textured hair. Um, my hair is also like on the finer side. So I really benefit from these um, protein treatments. But this is Apogee, A-P-H-O-G-E-E. It is kind of like a more advanced treatment. Um, but I do find, and, and so because it's advanced, let me just say, like maybe check with your hairstylist before doing it. If you're like worried about it causing damage, it's never caused me damage. I've probably done these protein treatments, I don't know, over the past few years, 20 times. And I've always like reaped the benefits. My hair feels stronger and healthier afterwards. My curls just feel so much better. If you have a lot of hair, you may just go through like the whole bottle in one time because I really do like it to saturate my hair, but it is a game changer. The smell is not great. It's very sticky. It's a little bit difficult. Definitely block out a good like chunk of time in your bathroom to do this treatment, but I will say it does yield results. Tip number nine is quick and easy. Candles make the best makeup brush holders. I'm addicted to dip cheek candles. I have a million of them. As soon as they're done and like at that last little bit, I repurpose them into makeup brush holders and it just looks beautiful in my kind of getting ready area. Now, the thing I never knew before I started doing this was like, how are people getting the candles so clean? And I'm going to tell you how to do it. So that last little bit of candle wax that's in there, you're just going to take the candle once you're done with it and put it in the freezer for several hours or overnight until it's frozen. And then after that, the wax should basically pop right out of the container. You can also kind of loosen it with the butter knife and then just scrape off any residue and then just clean it with soap and water. You can pop it in your dishwasher, but if you pop it in your dishwasher and it has like a beautiful label on it, the heat of the dishwasher can kind of like mess it up. So I would prefer to like hand wash it at this point, but that's a super easy way to clean out any candle holder. Okay, tip number 10. I'm a little reluctant to share this with you all because it's something that I've tried and it has not been successful for me, but that doesn't mean that it can't work for you. And the reason why it hasn't been successful for me is because I tend to be on the lazier side. So this is all about when makeup cracks, like your favorite powder blush cracks, your favorite facial powder cracks, your favorite eyeshadow powder cracks. And have you ever tried to like salvage something that's cracked and you just kind of keep it around and then every time you open it, the powder flies everywhere and it just makes your bathroom a mess? It's literally the worst. Now, I hate to admit that when it does get to that point, sometimes I just throw out the product, but I have tried this. I did some of the Pat McGrath blush that I just like refused to let go. And I don't think I was patient enough in the process, but it does work because I've seen other people do this and a lot of makeup artists do this with their kits. You have a blush 
an eyeshadow, something that's cracked, but you want to retain it. So you first take out that product and you break it up into an even finer powder so it's easier to bind together. Then you add a small amount of rubbing alcohol. You want like a 91% isopropyl alcohol, a few drops. Like it's not like you're adding a ton of alcohol to the product. Then you mix the powder and the alcohol together and then you place a paper towel over the top of the product and you press down firmly with the palm of your hand. Then you remove the paper towel, you allow all of the powder to dry before using it again. So you're basically like repotting the product with that tiny bit of alcohol to get it to bind together, and then you have your product back. So that's a fun hack that you can use if there's a product that you just simply can't let go of, but it's cracked. Tip number 11 is all about teeth care. Now, I'm one of these people that really, I appreciate my teeth. I've never had braces, and funnily enough, little memory, I used to want braces so badly that I would take paper clips and gum and like create my own retainer. This is when Gwen Stefani was at her height, and I just thought braces were the coolest thing, and it kind of like made you look like a teenager. I have not had braces, but I do go out of my way to keep my teeth white. Now, I don't use Crest White Strips or any kind of like whitening solution thing. I find that they kind of like make my tongue numb. It's just not something I enjoy. I am also a daily coffee drinker. Like I survive on coffee. I am not proud of the fact that I'm addicted to caffeine. It is just my reality between having a job and a child and this podcast. I just like need caffeine to power through my day. I swear by cold brew or iced coffee, really cold brew because I actually need the extra caffeine, but I always order cold brew even in the winter because drinking it with a straw is just going to help get stains off of your teeth. Anytime you have coffee or red wine or a dark cola or a tea sitting on your teeth, imagine just like a white shirt with a stain. The longer it sits on it, the, the harder it's going to be to remove that stain. That's how you have to think about your teeth. So I always opt for caffeinated, like all of my coffee drinks with a straw. I do love a hot, warm latte in the fall and winter, and when I do that, I've actually gotten in the practice of just brushing my teeth pretty immediately after. So even having a travel toothbrush is a little bit of a game changer, having a toothbrush that you keep with you in the office, and I've found that it's made my teeth so much whiter, just really night and day difference between when I wasn't brushing after having coffee that I was sipping versus when I was. And if you can, just like avoid having that staining your teeth entirely. Also, I am a wine drinker. Now, red wine, you can't really drink it with a straw. I mean, I guess you could, but like, why would you do that? If you're drinking red wine, if you're out at a restaurant, of course, you're not going to like go to the bathroom and like brush your teeth on a date. I mean, I guess you could if you're really, really diligent, but I've just gotten the habit of as soon as I come home from the restaurant, if I've been drinking red wine, brushing my teeth first before I do anything else. If I'm drinking red wine at home, even if it's not ready, like time to go to sleep and do my whole getting ready routine, I just go upstairs and brush my teeth to get that kind of red wine stain off of my teeth. The other thing I will say is having an electric toothbrush is a game changer. I use the Sonic Care Diamond Clean toothbrush. When I use regular toothbrushes that aren't electric, I'm like, oh, my teeth don't feel clean. Like I think once you go electric, it does make a huge difference. And this is a recommendation from my dentist. You know, my dentist said invest in an electric toothbrush and I found that it makes a really big difference. So try those for whiter teeth. Tip number 12, this is all about de-puffing your face. Now, coldness does work. I'm sure you have all seen these ice globes that are being marketed. I have some, I use them, they're great. But a cold spoon is just as effective. Ice, I tend to kind of recommend with a fair bit of caution because you can get ice burn on your face. So I like to go for cold spoons, put them in the freezer. It doesn't take long for them to get cold. 20 minutes should be sufficient. 
if you need the spoons like first thing in the morning you can put them in the freezer the night before if you have like a big event or you just know that like your face is looking a little bit puffier than usual and just smooth it over like the contours of your face under your eyes and it's like an instant snatch it's like an instant like kind of like facial like your skin looks just different and like tighter and depuffed and it's just because you're applying coldness to your skin so that always amazes me every time I do it and I'm like why don't I do this more if you want to take it to the next level you can take green tea bags dip those in water to get them kind of like you know activated or use the tea bag you know what use the tea bag have yourself some green tea when you're done with the tea bag take it put it in the freezer and then those cold tea bags are like the perfect thing to let rest under your eyes for like a little deep puffing under eye treatment that definitely 100% works so if you need to deep puff just remember cold spoons are an amazing hack oh my gosh okay we're at tip number 13 I have so many more tips so I think I'm gonna have to do a part two for you all because this episode's getting lengthy but let me finish with my final hack for this episode and I promise I will come back and do a part two Get a beauty journal or a place on your phone notes app and learn what works. I feel like this is something that I've preached since the beginning of having this podcast, but it is so important to document like when your skin looks really good, like you went to sleep and your skin looks great, write down what products you used and the order you use them in. If you're getting lots of compliments on your skin lately or you're looking at your skin and you're like, ooh, like whatever I'm doing now is really working. We think in our head that we know what we're doing and all of the steps, but it's so easy to forget. So write down like the sunscreen you're using. Did you get extra sleep? Also like, where are you in your cycle? A lot of times I have conflated getting a breakout from a product when it's actually just been like where I'm at in my cycle. So I think it's really helpful to also note how your skin changes depending on where you are in your cycle and also like kind of timing the products that you use to where you are in your cycle. We're going to have a whole separate episode about that. So get excited for that conversation. But it's really, really good to get into the habit of understanding what works for your skin and how your skin reacts to things. So if you use something and it makes your skin tingle, you need to write that down. That's a data point. And maybe that's something that you need to rotate out of your skincare routine. This also goes for makeup, right? Sometimes you put on makeup and you're just doing it quick and you're like, ooh, this came out really well and it's lasting. It's lasting a lot longer than usual. Is it because you used an oil-free moisturizer or you used a great primer? Or maybe you found that adding a setting spray actually does make a really big difference for how long your makeup lasts you need to start taking kind of notes physical notes that physical could mean typing it can mean in your little journal of what works for you so that you can begin to recreate those habits over and over and over again I have found that adding a beauty balm at night makes a huge difference for the way that my skin feels in the morning it doesn't really matter what balm it is, but just something that's very like thick and occlusive and kind of locks in all of my other products. And I found that out because I basically would test using it at night versus not using it at night. If there's something that you feel like is kind of just like a waste of time in your skincare routine, try using it for a couple of weeks, see how your skin looks, then try taking it out and see if you notice any real difference. But you want to almost approach your skin like a science experiment. You want to think about what the variables are, what the control groups are, and take an investigative journalistic approach to what's making your skin happy and what works for your skin. Now, the other thing, again, that I always preach on this podcast If your skin loves a product, let's say there's a facial oil that's got like 12 or 13 different oils in it and your skin loves it, or it could just even be like two or three oils in it, 
turn that bottle around and see what the first two or three ingredients are. This is how I learned that my skin loves grapeseed oil. Everything from the Vintner's Daughter facial oil, which is super expensive and gorgeous, you know, that's a grapeseed oil-based facial serum. So figure out from the products that you already own and love. Um, Living Libations has a gorgeous facial oil. Again, very expensive. There's sea buckthorn oil in it. That's how I learned to integrate sea buckthorn oil into like my DIY serums. Figure out from the products that you already love, what are the consistent ingredients that you're finding like, oh, actually all of the cleansers I like have this one ingredient or all of the moisturizers I love have this one ingredient. Start writing that down. And then you'll start to figure out links between the products that serve your skin well. The other thing that having a journal does is it just makes you more conscious of the order that you put skincare products on, how much you use. You want to have as much information as possible to, again, track the difference in your skin over time. If you were trying to deal with hyperpigmentation, I did a whole hyperpigmentation series on Naked Beauty Planet. That's the Instagram account for this podcast. I did it about six months ago, but I basically said, okay, I'm going to do be super vigilant about sunscreen, super vigilant about vitamin C. I'm going to use my doctor prescribed hydroquinone, which you have to get from a doctor, which helps to, um, you know, fade dark spots. I'm going to use niacinamide and I'm going to track the progress of this dark spot going away over time. And it worked, but I was very vigilant about tracking it over time. So I will say in all of your skincare endeavors, it can, it's a lot of, you know, time, money, and investment to take care of your skin, but you want to be the biggest expert on your skin. It's always interesting to me when I go to get a facial and they look at my skin and they'll say like, oh, you know, have you tried doing X, Y, and Z or you should buy X, Y, you know, that's great. That's part of their job, right? Is to recommend products to you based on what they're seeing on your skin. But I like to think that we are our best experts on our skin and we should actually go into appointments and conversations with professionals kind of already knowing what our skin likes and knowing what our skin needs. Of course, they can help you build on that, but you are your own best expert for your skin. And the way that you grow that expertise is by tracking, right? There's a term in marketing, sorry to bring it to a business conversation, but there's a term that we use in marketing that they say, you can't manage what you don't measure. Meaning you can't manage the sales of your product if you're not measuring, I don't know, website clicks. So Everything you do for your skin, you can't manage it if you have no measurement approach. And that's why I really want you to, if you don't already, put together a little notes app and write down what you're using in the morning, what you're using at night, how your skin feels afterwards, how your skin feels in the morning. You can take the same approach for your makeup. You can take the same approach for your hair, right? When you have a great hair day, sometimes we're like, wait, what was it between the humidity, the order that I put my products together and the brush that I used that made my hair look so good on this day and how can I recreate it? Because we just want to recreate those great skin, hair and makeup days as often as possible. And you'll be able to do that the more you track what works for you. All right, that was a lot of information in one very short episode, but I'm gonna come back with a part two because I'm looking at my list and I've got a lot more beauty tips and hacks to share with you all. Thank you all so much for listening and for all of the support. If you love the podcast, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, take the time to do a rating and review and make sure that you join the community Naked Beauty Planet on Instagram. Also, my personal account is Brooke DeVard. Thank you so much for listening. I'm getting high Closer to my dream I'm getting high
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 